0: Love Talk Radio.
1: With MZN Indie Radio coming back to you after a pretty long uh, hiatus. um, We are actually in the process of putting together our Step to the Beat Step Competition, which is a national step competition for college students all over the country, and it's going to take place on September the 3rd, and we're also going to have the semifinals in December in Atlanta, and you'll be getting more information about that in, in, uh, later on in this broadcast. And we've been listening to Eve Burden, and I'm going to bring in uh, one of the members of the group, but let me just give you some information on them. Eve Burden is a new group with a refreshing sound. The philosophy of their music is to deliver a consciousness-raising uh, message, but is woven deeply into each cut and disguised as a pop song. Eve's burden is fronted by the powerful, masterful female vocalist that we were listening to, Miss Sharon Jordan. After teaming up with the producer, guitarist, and songwriter Jerry Neal, who's our guest today, uh, the duo added the drummer J.T. Hurt, a bassist. Joe Boone and keyboardist Andrew Jordan has struck a deal with a producer, uh St. Charles Thurman. St. Charles produced several multi-platinum selling artists and together they have created a very radio worthy style, which blends modern alternative rock, country, R and B elements to create a multi-generational appeal. Um, you can always visit their website at com, and you will see more of their music and um, their shows and things like that. So let me bring in our guest today, Mr. Jerry Neal. Jerry, are you on the line?
2: I'm right here. How are you doing, Ravinda?
1: Hey, Jerry, how's it can going tonight? Can you hear tonight? me? Yeah, it's I can It's going good. Anywhere. Can you hear
2: me okay? All righty.
1: Oh, yeah. All right. So tell us some more about, you know, how you came about, you know, putting together this band.
2: Well, uh you know, it just kind of kind of fell together as a kind of a necessity. My uh longtime friend and partner in a couple other projects, Sharon Jordan, and and I were writing some songs and uh we hooked up with a producer by the name of Saint Charles Thurman and started talking about this concept of just doing the opposite of what everybody else had been doing, whereas a lot of other groups out there, a lot of other music is is all negative. You know, you, you just can't get away from stories about hatred and revenge and sorrow and loss and, you know, killing people and killing cops and divorce and going to jail and having a disease. And, you know, just turn on the radio and that's all you get nowadays. So we said we're gonna we're gonna flip that, you know, we're gonna do the the flip side and see how it sells. It's like having turning on the evening news and having good news instead of bad news. It's kind of a hard sell. But we decided Uh to take the high road. We decided to take the high road, you know, sing about love and and peace and redemption and happiness and joy and good things. Well that
1: sounds great. I mean I'm glad that you did that.
2: That's how we, you know, conceived of the whole, the whole boogie.
1: So, so what's your fan base?
2: Boy, um, you mean as far as how do our fans hear about us?
1: Yeah, that, and you know, what, what type of fans are you are you bringing in? Um, you know, are they people who love rock? Or are you getting people who are like into jazz or easy listening? How, I you think I'm getting. No.
2: I, I, as far as I can tell, I I believe that most of the people that just like our music, just basically the music itself, just the vibe of it, are going to be you know females 25 and up. Um, I I do have a couple of young nieces that are you know in their teens that like it, but when you ask your relatives if you like the music or not, you're always going to get a yes. So that's not. really a good, uh, you know, it's not really a good barometer of whether they're digging it or not, but um, the people that just openly say, heck yeah, I really love this, are, you know, predominantly, I think, females, and I think they're 25 and up, you know, kind of where, uh, where you would listen to country or Shania Twain or something like that, but if you're not any into country, you grew up on rock and roll you don't like the sound of a dog barking or lyrics that you can't understand, then, you know, that's where we're at. We're we're kind of taking the place of a band like Heart or something like that, only a modern-day version of it.
1: Okay. So where are you based out of?
2: Central California.
1: Wow. So do you get to tour a lot?
2: We've traveled all over California, uh, primarily West Coast. Yeah, I haven't really gotten away from here too much
1: okay is that something in your plans to hit the east coast
2: oh yeah I mean if if we could
0: you
1: know
2: if we could make money at it or even break even we'd be heck we'd be we'd go to Florida New York where are you guys at
1: well I'm in Philadelphia
2: okay well hook us up
1: <laughs> well we have a lot of a lot of venues in philly and, and New York is probably a great place for you too um yeah you know I could hook well, you up love- with, um a guy that um actually has his own band he's doing pretty good in new york and uh traveling um his band is called um new york's uh city smoke so um I can connect you to see what can happen you know um, sure yeah checking out. That sucks. Are you checking out all the internet resources for all these uh, festivals and these concerts and things going on?
2: Yeah, I do. I do. It's just you know, it's it's kind of when you're playing your own stuff, if if it's stuff they haven't heard before, and you're not getting a lot of radio play, which we're just kind of breaking into that. Um, it's kind of a hard sell because there's so many bands out there and so many venues, and it's expensive to travel from California. To to back east, so that's why we primarily kept it a West Coast thing. But um, heck, yeah! I mean, okay. if it's viable, we'll 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 travel the world.
1: Well, I have your email. So what I do is every time I get these um, requests for artists, you know, I get them a lot um, for you know playing in certain places all over the all over the country. Uh, I'll pass it on to you, so at least you'll have some heads up on it.
2: Sure, and and, uh, I'd love to break into the Philly market somehow. You know, I'll have to send you some CDs. Send me your address, too, your physical address, and I'll send you some CDs. You can maybe pass them around there for me, college radio stations and and whatnot.
1: Oh, definitely. I'd be happy to do that. Um, We've got a big event coming up, so we're doing a lot of promotion, and we'll be reaching a lot of um, industry-specific media. So, you know, that would be something I could help you with. Yeah, because we're just kind
2: of relying on, on a grassroots, you know, just like the way I got a hold of you was with Fiverr. You know, somebody told me about Fiverr, and I, you know, figured, well, I'm going to pursue every everybody I know that can push any button and, and get our music or our name out there somehow. And uh, it seems to be working. It's kind of a grassroots approach, you know.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I gotta tell everybody else about it one day. I'm gonna post it on the website. Um so um are you writing all the songs? Yes, uh uh-huh.
2: they're all all original. Yep.
1: Wow. That's cool. And um now is this your first album or did you do something before this?
2: Um, everybody in the in the band has had other little side projects and, and previous groups that we've been involved with, but this is the first one that, you know, we've done with this current lineup.
1: Okay, so for the audience out there, um, the name of the album is um, The Black Letter, um, and we're listening to Eve Burden's band member, Jerry Leal. He's also the songwriter of the band, and Jerry, um, tell us about um, what you did before this band.
2: Wow. Um, I had a group called the Electric Eels, and I know there's a band from from your neck of the woods called the Electric Eels, too. They're from Ohio, and both of us broke out about the same time. We both had deals with the same distribution company, and the uh, distribution company decided to shelve my version of the Electric Eels because it it was conflicting with the sale. Of the other guys, so we ended up having to change our name to The Heritage, and that's about the time I did the first album with uh, Sharon as lead vocalist. So we did three albums called The Heritage, and uh, she was coming out of a band called Groundstar. So Ground Star had two albums, the Electric Eels had two albums, and the Heritage had three albums. So that's seven albums in total that are in our history as kind of a collective thing between her and I. All seven of those albums are coming out on Retrospect Records. In fact, uh, two Electric Eels albums are just now available. They came out in July uh, on Retrospect Records. You can get those, retrospectrecords.com. And it's kind of a, you know, it came out in the 90s, but it's an 80s hairband kind of a thing. And uh, that's, what, that's what we've been doing. That's what, you know, kind of people knew us as before we started the Eves Burton thing.
1: Wow. Now have you had any type of opportunities to perform with other bands?
2: As, Eve's Burton, you know,
1: as just Eve Burden or overall?
2: Burton,
1: yeah, I Eve mean Burton. we we yeah,
2: we one of the things we do, we play a lot of big almost festival sized parties, like biker parties and biker runs and that type of thing. And um uh, that's kinda Kind of our notoriety is a biker party band, a West Coast biker party band, believe it or not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That must be fun.
2: (laughs) It is. I mean, everybody's always, you know, in a good mood and having a good time at those kind of events. So you can't beat it for an audience. You know, I mean, it's a very receptive, wide open audience.
1: Well, you know... Bikers travel, so you know they yeah. might be telling other folks and you know about you guys and spreading it out. That's because right. We have biker biker communities over here too.
2: Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're well, right now uh, they're a good audience. They'll have us, so we play for them.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to put on another song that I have here called "Love Keeps uh, Me Hanging On," and we'll be right back with Jerry Bell of East Burton.
0: I'm standing in the rain Trying to hide my tears of pain I hitchhiked to ride to Seattle Trying to end this lonesome
1: here with Jerry Leo of the band uh Eve Burton and um that was the the beautiful vocals of Miss let me just make out her name properly. Sharon Jordan. I mean is that her on the cover? Yeah. She's a cutie. And um I love that artistic background on your cover. it makes it look very original. Whose idea yeah, was that? Yeah,
2: thank you. Thank you like <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was kind of a—I um, don't know. I, get, I guess you have to call it a, a joint, almost a democratic process. We said we wanted wanted a, a cathedral back there, and then we wanted a sky, and then we wanted to have a picture of her praying, and so it just it just kind of put it all together.
1: Well, that's really original and cool, by the way. So I like that because everybody else is going crazy with the graphics and, you know, 3D and all that other stuff. I mean, it's like not an album anymore. It's like the poster for a movie. You know, <laughs> I think it looks better if you just add more creativity and ingenuity to your album cover.
2: Yeah, definitely. You need, you need to really pack a lot into something now to get any punch out of it because... You know, I come from the days of, of albums, and a lot of people nowadays don't even remember what it was like to go down and buy an album, you know. You're getting oh, an yeah. album, plus you're getting, like, a poster for your wall, and, you know what I mean? It was, it was nice mm-hmm. to have that 12-inch cardboard sleeve, you know what I mean? And now you get this oh, little yeah. teeny tiny thing. Even if you buy a CD, most people just do digital downloads nowadays.
1: I know. I remember when we used to enjoy getting the lyrics to songs so we could sing along. You know, they don't even right. have the lyrics in it anymore. So you got to find them online. <laughs> so um, yeah, me, that's all. Um, that's
2: all going to change, I think. Somebody's got to come up with a new delivery system for music that includes good graphics, all the lyrics, you know, the music sounding good, and maybe some video or something.
1: Well, you know, I've come across a lot of resources that do that. Um, They're they're creating, like, electronic media kits for artists. So it's not normally just for sending it to an A&R, but it's also, you know, for your your customers, like people, your fans who are want to buy your music. And um, I'll send a link to you for that. But it's really cool since, you know, everybody's going towards the new technology. You know, everything that you do is going to end up being on the Internet. So, you know, the way that set it up, it gives you the the idea that it's still an album because it shows, you know, the album cover and it, what would be inside the album cover. You can put lyrics in there. You can post your videos in there. Um, you can have, like, other videos where you're just talking and being interviewed. Um, any other type of clips that you want in there. And then, of course, you know, places to buy the music. It will have a link on there. I mean, they're doing a lot. With that to help it look more attractive So you know Even if you don't have your your traditional Ways they're trying to add The traditional in a in a digital value
2: Right Yeah I'll check all that out Send me what you got
1: Yeah I thought it was, And it wasn't really expensive either So it's like one of those things where I think you pay monthly too So some people find it easier to pay something monthly Than to have to put money up off, Up front you know, a lot of times. Right. So um, now when you decide to, you know, uh, perform, like do you have a relationship already with the venues that you perform in or is it something you got to pretty much hustle yourself out there to get?
2: Uh, yeah, we, you know, even, you know, around in the market we're in, like, in Central California, if you play here four times a year, you're kind of overexposed, you know. In, in this particular city, and so you got to you got to always reach out and 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 find new people and new connections and new places to play. And there's always new venues popping up and you know new events and that type of thing. So we just you know, we just constantly, you know, try to find. Places that that suit what we're doing, and that will have us. I'll see.
1: Um, have you played in Long Beach yet?
2: Have not played Long Beach. No.
1: Well, just to give you some um, a tip, the Maya Hotel in Long Beach—they right. do—they uh, uh, do artist showcases in the hotel.
2: Wow! For their right. guests
1: and for um, businesses in the local area. Because I, I actually stayed there when I visited um, in February. Um, I was there for a, uh, a showcase somewhere else down in um, Hollywood. Um, so while we were in there, this hotel does a lot of stuff. They had Chef Ramsey in there doing his thing at one of the restaurants in the hotel. You know, like they were broadcasting that or taping it live. And um, so we weren't allowed to go over there because I wanted to be on the show. <laughs> um, then they have um, they had a, a some type of uh, fundraising for I forgot what it was for but, the, but they had an artist showcase so they they often have on their website that they're looking for talent for their events that they have right there at the hotel so it's Maya M A Y A it's a gorgeous hotel I mean really really gorgeous. And it's right off the bay, right near the, uh, um, what is the name of that? It's a big cruise ship that's, like, right down the street from it that's been turned into a hotel, Queen Mary or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's right down there, like, right, right on the other side of the restaurant that's next to the Queen Mary or right near the Queen Mary. So you should check them out. Look them up online. Because yeah they, that's they actually uh, that's called uh, four people went here when I went yeah you should Isn't that, do that called
2: uh San Carlos or something is that where that's at where the cruise ships uh-huh. come in I think um, that' is actually
1: I, yeah on the I, other I, I side of the
2: bridge I, is san carlos
1: yeah they they don't come right there by the Maya anymore they just go over by where the Queen Mary is now or over by mm-hmm. the aquarium area. Um, right. for some reason I think they were rebuilding the area over there or something but um, you should go check them out because they had at least four artists there when I was there and I was checking them all wow out. that's cool And yeah. you, never, you never know who's staying in the hotel you know right. so and I'm actually going to be uh, having a couple of those people on the show so you never know. And then they also had, um, down by the, um, uh, I forgot what you call that place. Um, it's a shopping area, the pavilion. Right. Um, They, they had a few artists performing outside um, right in, during the pavilion because it's almost like an outdoor mall. <laughs> and um, they were pretty good, pretty good artists. So, you know. Yeah, I like artists. the
2: Long Beach area.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I, I was ready to move to California when I went there. <laughs> I was ready to go. I was ready to go. I didn't want to go home.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's nice.
1: Yeah, but um we're heading out to Atlanta. Uh Atlanta is picking up on a lot of things too. Atlanta and uh well Miami is, is picking up a little bit. Um, Philadelphia is Working on a lot of different things. They're like a smorgasbord. They're just like New York. You can find just about any kind of music in Philadelphia. You know, so, you know, yeah, I know you uh,
2: out for, and- what I noticed, what I remember from marketing past projects is if you can get, you know, three or four college stations to pick up something in Philly, you know, it. Really blows up real fast because it's there's so many colleges there and there's so many little college radio stations and little clubs and you know lots of stuff to do, lots of little record pools, you know DJs in there spinning their records and all that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a great market.
1: It is. Well, I'm gonna put another another track. Um, This one is called Candy Girl.
2: All right, that's one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> and then we'll be right back. I'm the one who never
0: made you cry. I'm the one who encouraged you to try. She never loved you like she said, Word on the street. She said,
2: Like that one.
1: Oh, yeah. What were you thinking about when you wrote that one?
2: Oh boy. Uh, that's a tough call because that one, St. Charles, our producer, came in with the idea for the lyrics. So he was like the inspiration, the seed for the idea. But you know, it's like, do you do you want a shallow relationship? Do you want to? Girl, it's gonna lead you around and lie to you. Just look pretty. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: there's a lot of them out there.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Sharon just rolled in, by the way. Let me let me have her say hello.
1: Okay.
3: I'm sitting in his lap to talk to you. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) Well, hello,
1: beautiful woman.
3: Hello. Oh, I love you already. (laughs) And, yes, I'll be your candy girl.
1: (laughs) And where are you at? Uh, I'm in Philadelphia. Oh, my goodness.
3: How is it there? Wonderful?
1: Um. Well, the industry is, is picking up, but the weather sucks. <laughs> it's hot enough to cook eggs in your hand. So oh my God. I don't know how, how it is in California. It's supposed to be like that over there.
3: Well, I think I'll have to have you come see me then, because that doesn't sound very enticing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you can well, come, to come see me anytime.
1: I'll, I'll make sure you guys get out here when, when you, we're about to hit winter, because then it's it's really nice. It's like spring, you know, it's not too hot, not too cold, you know, and you'll enjoy yourself.
3: I'd love to come out there and sing
1: directly to you. Oh, that would be wonderful. Well, I'm uh, actually putting together some events, so cool. I'll be happy to keep you guys on a list to invite you over, because... Um, Next year is going to be really popping. I mean, really popping because we're going to oh, that do sounds a lot fabulous. of things. So I'm looking forward to having you guys out. So how how is it working with those guys? <laughs> oh, you know what?
3: Because he's sitting right here. It's absolutely fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> When I get to Philadelphia, I'll tell the real story. No, it it really is. It, it's a neat group, and we get along very well. So, yeah, and we we kick ideas back and forth, and, and I think the outcome sounds pretty good. So we must be doing something right.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, if you know, if if it's bringing your face out there to the crowd, you know, that's what you want. Amen.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna kick you back to Jerry I'm gonna kick you
1: back to Jerry, okay? All right, well it's nice talking to you and thanks for joining you us. Do it. You betcha. Hold on.
2: Could you hear her okay?
1: Oh yeah, very good. You guys are nice and clear <laughs> as a bell. No, we do not usually have I much had, of a problem. I had a, I know. I mean, the Internet sometimes is a little crazy. Like, I'm I'm thankful that this time I didn't have any, any technical difficulties like I have had in the past. But they're working through all that, so, you know, things are going pretty smooth. And I hadn't been on for a few weeks. I was on vacation, and I um, started working on a, a big project. So, you know, um, I'm going to just see what they've been doing while I was gone.
2: <laughs> yeah, see what they're what mischiefs they caused.
1: Yeah. So tell me, what what artists did you pretty much grow up or get inspired by when you were you know, honing your own musical skills?
2: Well, I, you know, I don't want to date myself, but <laughs> I guess I have to. I, you know, I listened to a lot of bands that had good guitar players in them. Um, you know, I was always attracted to bands like Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, Eddie Van Halen, you know, the guys that were the guitar heroes. And um, I think Sharon, you know, kind of was the same way. She liked the bands that were really, the really, really, really good singers. Um, you know, she always talks about a lot of the good blues singers. Um, I can't even remember half of them, but I know she liked Janis Joplin. She liked uh, Girl From Heart. Um you know, and that that's kind of where where our roots are. You know, it it really is uh we kinda I don't know, we skipped the whole nineties thing. I don't have any idols from the nineties, I don't think. <laughs> and uh then, you know, we've got another whole decade since then. I I I'd like to say, you know, we grew up on Lady Gaga, but <laughs> we did
1: <laughs> I don't even know who could have grew up on her other than Lynch. (laughs) 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 I'm not her biggest fan, as you can see.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm always really leery. You know, when you hear somebody's name 2,000 times and you haven't even heard a song yet, that's kind of scary stuff, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it is. And I, I just got something against copycats, you know. There's not yeah. gonna be another Madonna. There's not gonna be another Michael Jackson, there's not gonna be another I don't know, uh Aerosmith. <laughs> there's there's no, not gonna I know. be That's another of uh, whatever the greatest is, so people should be more original and and don't throw some crazy stuff on it to make it look original. You know? If you still look the same or do the same type of music or whatever, we're still gonna associate you as trying to copy somebody else but because you put a lace pantyhose on the top of your head, that doesn't make you different. To, <laughs> in the, as far as the music, it makes you look crazy, but, you know, it, it doesn't disassociate you from being a copycat, you know?
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> but um, so what is your opinion on the music industry as it is today? You know, it's been so many changes. And I can't say that it's good or bad for, for indie artists today. So, you know, you as an independent artist can tell me more.
2: Well, I don't know. You know, I do know that, like I was saying earlier, I think people really need to take the high road. They need to work on the music itself. They need to make the music has to be something that's, more enjoyable because if you look back in history people used to get together and they would have a festival because there was a big harvest or something and it wasn't political it was just a harvest you know what I mean and a couple people brought some Mm -hmm. instruments and they sat around and they maybe had a big feast and maybe prayed a little bit and then they sang a song and somebody joined in with a flute or whatever and a drum and they clapped their hands and jumped around had fun you know and where did that go now it's all about killing cops and uh, you know songs about politics and all that stuff that doesn't belong in music it's not celebrational anymore i think it's got to get back to something that brings up joy i mean why would you want to pay money for something that basically down in your gut makes you sick you know what i mean (laughs) that's true (laughs) You know what I'm saying, and that's all they're offering up and the and the record industry keeps dumbing it down their their attitude is, well, we'll just find one guy that that works, and we'll copy that you know, and so you he get
1: likes to take the fruit. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean you got you got one original rapper, you know, and then you got all these other copycats and and if you go back like the other day we, we did a video, it was a tribute. It was off of one of our songs that's on this album. It's on YouTube. It was a tribute to pop stars. And um, it just amazed me when I was trying to dig up footage for that, how original some of the original stars were, you know, like um, uh, Buddy Holly or Michael Jackson, um, Tupac. You know, I mean, everybody just gets, they latch onto that one thing, that that nugget that one of those guys has, and they they copy and copy and copy, and that's what the record companies are doing. They're just, it's like a facsimile machine. They'll find one thing that works, and then they'll copy it and copy it and copy it, and and people are sick of it. And then instead of making it better, they go, oh, well, we'll just dumb it down to a younger audience. You know, we'll make it, we'll make it for, you know, people that are six instead of people that are ten you know and, because they don't know they never heard the good stuff you know they they weren't alive when Michael Jackson was alive so they'll buy it you know and that, then you come up but with yeah. all these people like lady gaga and all that and and it's just it's it's reached a point to where from what i understand the record industry can't hardly give their stuff away now because the actual you look at, at how many years it takes to create somebody like carlos santana to create a a market for what he did and and how long it took him to perfect his guitar playing you know i mean you don't just pick mm-hmm. it up one day and then head to the studio but that's what all these rappers try to do you know they, they're they like hey you know i can i can rhyme this cuss word with this cuss word and you know it's in time and i can do it to this beat and i think i'll go to the studio i might be a millionaire. You know, and they sell that. The record industry kind of sold that glamorous possibility to all these people. And now there's just as many people rapping as there are customers to buy the records. You know what I mean? Why would you buy something when you do it yourself, you know? It just... Right. You know, it doesn't make any sense.
1: It's crazy. And it's like... They don't. What they did was because they don't have any budget to develop people anymore. They just make copies, like clones, musical clones, right. which they uh, think are just like the other people. And after a while, everything does start to sound the same. Like I can't tell one artist from the next anymore because they all sound the same. So as far as new no, music and new artists, I'm really not paying a lot of attention to them. To the, um, you know, the commercial artists now, I go with and what really made
0: it
2: what You're made better. it worse what made it worse was the the radio stations kind of played into that same philosophy and they said well we need to sell these ads to these people so we're going to fragmentize you know our market to this specific market it's going to be people who buy mag wheels for their cars or beer or or whatever and they they pigeonhole these artists into a little tiny slot and they make a radio station just for that market. And so, you know, you got one radio station that can only play hardcore music. The next radio station can only play rap. The next radio station can only play, you know, rock. The next radio station can only play country. And you got these little markets, whereas when Michael Jackson came out, he crossed over into all kinds of radio stations. He was playing rock, he was playing in the easy listening stuff, he was playing in the pop market, he was playing in the dance market, the urban market. That's And Elton John was the same thing. You know, you see these artists that got huge, it was because they could actually sell to a bigger audience because the radio stations weren't playing that same game like the record companies are playing, which is, you know, we've got to just, instead of merchandising talent, what they're trying to do is, find buyers first. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're looking at the yeah. market first. They're looking at the talent first. And you got to look at the talent or the song. And, and uh, I don't see them doing that. I don't see anybody supporting real uh, real true talent.
1: I think they're just panicking because they yeah, made well, that lifestyle and they made that money, but now they're losing it and they're just grabbing it Things that they feel is going to get them back up there as close as possible, instead of just looking at what the people want to see. I mean, the TV and cable stations go through the same thing. You know, they they keep shoving reality shows down our throats, and now people are starting to drop off on the reality shows because we want to see some real TV. Because those reality shows are not reality, you know. So right. I mean, it's just the, the whole entertainment industry as a whole um, is. You know, when it becomes commercial like that, that's when it starts suffering. Now, all the independent films, when I have cable on, because I hardly get to watch TV at all now, but I watch the independent film channel a lot and the Sundance channel a lot before I watch HBO and Showtime. Oh, yeah.
2: Me too. I watch YouTube more than I watch television.
1: Yeah, you can find all kinds of movies, independent movies, everything on YouTube. And, um, DIVX, and, I mean, you don't even have to put the TV on, but if you do, there's certain channels that have good stuff, and sometimes I end up watching, you know, Turner Classics. (laughs) Yeah. Good old black and white. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, back then, they had, and people always end up saying that back in the day, back then everything was better, everything was this, everything was that. And it's a shame because it could still go on and on, but I think it's just corporatized so much that it's not natural anymore. It's just all business.
2: Yeah, I know. It's like any other art, you know. Nobody's going to sit down and take the time that it took Picasso to paint or to learn how to paint or develop his painting skills, and so you know everybody just wants to cash in, and they so they're just kind of like copying and doing this and doing that, and it just keeps going down and down and down and down and down until until the next Michael Jackson comes out, and it actually is discovered, you know, that somebody has that much talent. Um, well, I, you can have a I, million I mean, artists. He
1: would, he would have to be. For the next Michael Jackson, it would have to be like a reincarnation or somebody possessed <laughs> by the ghost of Michael Jackson. <laughs> or maybe one of his kids. But that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know. don't think his kids want to do it either because they didn't get raised by their grandfather. So, you know, it's, it's just not going to work. There is no more Michael Jackson. That's it. We had him. Now, I gone, time to go get somebody else. But the choices we have are just not that great. <laughs>
2: you know, did you see that, um, I think it was the Super Bowl year before last when Prince Prince played?
1: Yeah.
2: That just, I mean, that said it all right there. You know what I mean? It was like, holy mackerel. What? Why don't people play like this anymore? You know, the you guy know comes playing? out for. Five minutes and blows everybody away for the last 20 years, you know what I mean?
1: I know. It's funny because it's like now we have senior citizens. Like these folks are like, they've been doing stuff since they were like 16, 18 or whatever. They can't even take a break because it irks them so bad to see the stuff that's out there that they have to keep coming back. And bringing it out there just to show these folks What it's really supposed to be like And nobody's paying it any mind They just say oh Prince he's greatest And this and that and the other But nobody picks up a guitar and says And ask him a question like How do you do this and how do you do that Like learn from the artist Don't uh, just listen to him you know Because it's ridiculous nah, that nah. you know You're 60 and you're still Performing and, and you're like Going to be 80 Like Paul McCartney is like Almost a hundred, so. <laughs> <laughs> and he kicks exactly. he kicks everybody's and butt it, when it 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 gets like there, he gets up there, too. He just got to keep playing the same music because they won't accept any new music. You know, that was awful. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for, um, I'm
2: trying
1: to think, who was that? Who is that? Is it older? Well,. I can't think well, you know Tina Turner she's on vacation she <laughs> she's gonna come back, she's almost seventy, she's on vacation, yeah. so now she was one
2: of now. sharon's she was one of Sharon's idols, Billy Holiday, that was somebody that Sharon really really uh copied a lot of stuff from yeah, you know, I it's Singers nowadays, everything's all auto-tuned, you know, you don't have to sing. You don't have to know what a key know. is.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know pl- what a key is. but um, Plug in, know, a face, a you know. <laughs> yeah, in a pretty
2: face, you know.
1: Yes, and a cue and that's it. You don't have to worry about it. Like, I, I'm just going to put a name out there, Rihanna. I, I really do not think she can sing. She's a gorgeous girl. She's sweet. I don't even like her performance because it's so slow. Like, she doesn't, you know, get out there and do the thing. Like, she doesn't dance like Sierra or Beyonce or anything like that. She just does little things, and to me, I heard her at the um, New Year's Eve party with when um, um, Dick Clark was still hosting, and I mm-hmm. think she had just come out of something, and it just sounded so horrible. And I'm like, this girl is making hundreds of thousands of dollars at every concert for it's what? Crazy. I mean, <laughs> she, you're just not going to get looks me because she's cute. She's gorgeous. But, I mean, like, take a picture and put it on the wall. I don't have to hear your yeah. voice, you know. <laughs> I just think it's just, you know, we're, we're our priorities are not there anymore when it comes to music.
2: <laughs> no, I know. That's true. Ain't that the truth? You know, oh, and yeah, where they're really going to well feel it that. is when, when these people start having, um, you know, the 20-year class reunion, you know, and they're trying to dance uh-huh. to Slap My Bitch Up or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, but I like this
2: song. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the picture. You oh, see yeah, what I'm it, saying? It's, it's going to
1: be... Yeah. You, it's
2: really tough for a DJ to host that one, you know what I mean? That's that's going to be hard to do.
1: Like, what were you thinking of when you came up with this song? <laughs> well, my corporate got on my nerves. <laughs> and one day, and I said, oh, that ought to be a song. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like, Jerry like, Springer, like, song. You know? like Jerry
2: Springer. Like Cherry Springer, Who would, you wouldn't think anybody would want to watch it, but they do, you know.
1: And he's a, a, a almost a self-made millionaire, probably billionaire by now. <laughs> for people trailer trash violence, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you gotta have some kind of gimmick.
2: <laughs> That's you what I'm like, lacking. I some, guess I I need to put some pantyhose have, over my head.
1: You ne- you might need a midget or something. You know, yeah, I thought about that. dressed up like a clown or something. You know, you might need something like some, some weird. Gotta be something that draws attention. <laughs> <laughs> you know, either either that or have you know Sharon come out dressed like Lady Gaga.
2: Yeah,
1: only, there you go. Only she's <laughs> not gonna put anything on her head. She's gonna have some like really weird looking gloves. Or some platform boots that are like two times the size of a, of a regular platform shoe. So,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: you gotta you gotta think of something. Tell her to, to get on it. <laughs> All
2: right.
1: All right. <laughs> Especially when you come over to Philly, they they like a little weird.
2: Well, she, maybe she can ride out on a Harley or something.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. It works in the WWE. (laughs) Yeah. So, but you know what? It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you and learning more about you. And um, I'm going to email all those links over that I have that I I think you might be interested in. So I can, um, you know, see what I can do to help you. And then when we do our events in the uh, fall season, um, I'm going to consider you guys and have you come out because um, we, we have sure, a, a nice to. venue we just picked up on. And um, there's a lot of stuff in Philly, though. There's a lot of places that you can perform at. Okay. And they're always looking for new bands. So, you know, I'll keep my eye out for you. So
2: Great. And if We're anybody out play. there wants to buy any of our stuff, iTunes. Yeah. Look us up on iTunes, E-V-E apostrophe S-B-U-R-D-E and Eve's Burden.
1: And I'm going to post that on the website at com. so everybody can see that later on. And, uh, of course, you can always click on the link from my site to listen to the show again. Or you could click on blogtalkradio.com forward slash MZNND radio. We're going to uh, take the show out with the last song from Eve Burton, uh, Fly Take Away. And um, thank you so much, Jerry, for being a wonderful guest. And I look forward thank to talking with you again in the future.
2: Okay, me too. Thank you.